0: All right, back for another one on Ad Creative. I'm here with Wes St. Amon. He is the founder of Disrupt Media. It's an e-commerce growth and creative studio. You've probably seen some of his creative. Actually, it's almost impossible you haven't seen something that Disrupt has done that Wes has had a hand in. I'm so excited to have him here and talk about business mindset and just the structure of what he's built. Wes, thanks for joining us here. We're really lucky to have you today.
1: Thanks for having me, Chase. I'm really excited to get
0: going here. Yeah, Yeah, Wes was sitting here waiting for me because I'm just chronically late on Fridays. It's a weird thing. So, Wes, I, before obviously I explained what Disrupt did, but how would you describe what Disrupt does and like how you came to, I don't know, found the business? Totally.
1: Yeah. So, Disrupt is a unique model, I would say of kind of what we're like, where we are now and what we're building towards very quick, not going too deep into it, but I was basically scaling e-comm products prior to doing anything ever with clients, uh, building out funnels from scratch, kind of the whole nine yards. It slowly stemmed to onboarding one client, then two, then three late last year, or sorry, early. 2022, we started a creative side of the company where we're pumping out a ton of like very high-end creative as well as like modular performance creative. And so kind of where we're at now is we're part agency, part kind of brand incubator. That's what we're building towards and the long-term vision is eventually just fully only our own portfolio of brands that we're
0: building from scratch and doing everything else with. Yeah that's amazing. I love the vision. I love the vision there. I'm curious, as you're talking about this vision, how far out do you plan these things? I talked to Kenny over at at Mentor Pass last week and we were the his thing, his call to arms was you need to have a like a st- a stirring vision for your life that you can hold on to, which I was really impactful for me. And so I'm curious, do you plan this is it a 12, 24, 36 or is it a 5, 10 year Runway that you're looking at. Obviously, it iterates as you go along, but how yep. are you looking at time in general? What does that look for you?
1: Totally. Shout out Kenny. I was with you. Kenny let's, in Mexico. That's awesome. Yeah. In terms of thinking about time and stuff like that, I think I've always had a certain vision for the company, let's say like a 10 year window. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing has been like getting really clear. On actually how to accomplish that. And then working back on a five year where your targets estimated would be a three year, a one year, and then a month to month. And then what do I need to be doing on kind of a daily? I would say like this year, particularly, I've been able to get a lot more clear on where I want to take things. And a lot of it, I've basically, I block out every. Literally every minute of my day is completely blocked out and keyword tagged into my calendar. So on a weekly basis, it's, I'm really wanting to move the needle more on like personal econ brands within our company rather than the agency. I can track like, okay, how much time am I actually putting in towards personal econ stuff that we're working on versus like the agency? Cause sometimes I've found in the past where it's, you think you're working more or harder on something than you are. So I'm trying to get a lot more granular and the exact amount of time that's getting put into it. And yeah, so I think just getting like really clear on, you know, the 10-year, the five-year, three-year, one-year, and then all the way reversing down to if you
0: want to be exercised by 10 years, what does that look like working up to that? So I think it's, i love to just put an exclamation point behind something someone just said. What I think you just said is like an incredibly... Important thing, and every time I do it, I see an incredible lift in the quality. Let's not talk about the quantity, but the quality of the out, the output is measuring <laughs> time rigorously. And so, what yeah. you just talked about is like that minute by minute. I know every minute. of a, By the way, if you want to exercise, just put you're going to exercise. It's not a. It's not about not being able to do the things you need. You say I'm going to read right now. Put in you're going to yeah. read. It's for instance for me, I put down. It's crazy to say, but I put family time right on it. Like I'm going to just focus focus on my family at this time. I guess first off, like I see the lift. I also see when I don't do it, the, the ability to be scatterbrained because there are so many things exploding across continuously running a business. Like everything is happening. And if you don't structure things properly you will always be the source of truth for problem solving. It'd be like, no, dude, I'm in this meeting or in this space, you figure it out. So I'm curious with that kind of granularity, has there been a focus on cutting out the noise that's coming in and the inputs that are coming in so that you can just be focused on, I know this is the highest leverage thing that I can be doing right now. Like, how do you deal with that while also running a company that's still You've been around, but it's still in early stages. It's not 15 years old where there are structures and people and yeah. all the things. You're still building, right?
1: Yeah, totally. I think I think it really comes down to November. I would say like November, December, January. I felt, and the reason I like recently started implementing this a few months ago, like really dialing down on it, is because like sometimes I would wake up in the mornings and there's so many things to do, so many things to try and move the needle on, then you get overwhelmed and you're not actually tracking or blocking it. And then the end of the day comes and then you're like, oh, what did I actually move the needle on? And if you're a CEO or in a leadership position within your company, it doesn't matter how big you are, your job is to move the needle in the thing that you are responsible for. And so if you're in a CEO role, it's like, Company vision, moving the company forward towards its goals, and then putting the right people in play, which takes time, and trusting them to just really do their job. So in terms of yeah, like really cutting out distractions around that, trusting people to do their roles. And then overall, like on a daily, just like trying to really what I'm trying to do now is like just really cut out when I'm doing one thing, doing that thing only. So it's like I'm not doing seven things at once. I'm doing one thing. It's blocked out in my calendar. I know exactly what I'm doing. And try to get your team to operate on that level as well. Obviously it's never gonna be perfect, but I think that's a major way to cut out distractions and eliminating your phone. Like you can just like a little thing from hanging at your desk. And I think a lot of what I found throughout this process of like really tracking my time is like early stages often you think you're getting more deep work done than you actually are until you actually track it. And you're like, I'm actually not doing that much. And it's really good because it helps you. I think like the biggest struggle in entrepreneurship is actually looking at yourself like objectively. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of people think they're in a better position than they are, or they're more financially well-off than they are, or their business is better than they are, whatever it is. Instead of actually like looking at it from a very objective way. Here's where I suck. Here's where there's room for growth. And then you can really know where you need to put time in and actually move the needle.
0: That was like a, let's see, three minute masterclass on self-evaluation and optimization. I think. It's, I'm, I might just put that three, that's the podcast, that three minutes.
1: I think it's a little bit of a rant.
0: No, not a rant, not a rant at all. A rant is like you were saying these people are dumb and I'm going to go off on them. That was just a knowledge bomb is what that was. So I think something you, you brought up, I'll say two things here. So speaking as a serial over subscriber of myself to projects, people, all of the things It has helped me a lot in my life, but you also have to know like what you said. If your job as you're an executive is to move the needle, because there's this canyon between being in IC roles where you're just, you're expected to do work and then managerial executive stuff where you're meant to move the business forward and employ people to do the work that will do that. But you have to set vision. You have to keep the ball moving is if you sign up for too much stuff. And you don't know, like, here are the three things, the three things or the two things or just the one thing. And this is the only thing that's going to move the business forward. You said, hey, I'm a CEO. My job is vision and setting the people up for finding the people that are great and setting them up for success. Three things, right? And these two are one and this one sits on top of it, right? Vision that you give the people that you find and set them up for success. Boom. And then they, all the water flows downhill from there. If you know that, okay. I'm doing this thing, right? I don't know if Y or Z thing are actually going to drive X forward. And if you have that question, you got to step back and question yourself. So I have a question for you because self-evaluation is probably the thing that has driven my career forward the most. Our Mm -hmm. CEO tells me all the time, you're way too hard on yourself. And I'm like, dude, if I'm not so exceptional, that you have to tell me to chill out. Like I'm not doing a good enough job for me, not you, yep. just for my own personal standard for myself. So I'm curious because there's a lot of great people that drive the ball forward, and they will externally, like they show a great face, but you've talked to them privately and they're like, I'm not doing this. What was a framework that you learned to be able to self-evaluate yourself where it's not so soul crushing because some people will sit there and stew for hours. I suck. It's not about that. It's no, I can improve. Here's where I can improve. So how have you thought yeah, about the right size that? Because it took me a while to learn the difference, but you're younger than me and, and you've done such amazing things already. I'm curious what that shift was or if it was always there with you.
1: Totally. I definitely think it wasn't always there. I think it's been like developed over time and like you continually like anything, try and get better at it over time and kind of optimize it over time. I think one thing like right off the top where this has been like a really big thing, I think there's like a huge thing within any industry, but I think especially like e-commerce because it's it's a lot of it is can be very public about like numbers and like things that are going on and like people posting all over Twitter and all these things. And like, do you look around and you think everybody's absolutely crushing it, but what I've really been like focused on like removing myself from taking everything with a grain of salt. Cause not everything is, like, is exactly true as people may say. And a lot of the guys that are doing north of a hundred mil year econ brands and stuff like that, most of them are not posting what they're doing at nope. all online and they're very private about it. Yeah. So I think a big thing is like removing yourself and having from having this comparison system where it's like, everybody's like crushing it. Everyone's doing this, everyone's doing that and more so taking tidbits of like value along the way and learning how you can take those things and implement them into your own life if they make sense and if they fit but i just think with like entrepreneurship there isn't one way like one way someone's doing something may not be the best fit for you if you're an agency if you're a brand um and yeah i think like really try to the biggest thing is like looking at yourself objectively like even a thing i like made mistakes on like early on is like having a very clear grasp on like weekly daily, weekly, biweekly, monthly, yearly Ls projections, all these things. Because it's like, again, like leading back to this thing, you can think you're doing better than you are, which may lead or think you're doing worse than you are on the other hand. And so these can lead you to make very clear decisions. And yeah, I don't know if that answer, answer your yeah. question, but that's, yeah.
0: Yeah. What I heard was like incredibly strong, which is there are two sides to it is take everything with a grain of salt because very few people post L's online, which I just started failure Fridays where I just talk about a failed experiment every Friday, I do a little essay on it. It's pretty fun actually to write it because you do, you get to do a real deep postmortem on everything. Mm-hmm. And then the second one was find the structures with which you can find clarity about what actually is real. So for me, what I do every week is or I do weekly I do a big deep dive weekly and then I update that I have the numbers updating on a daily basis and I go look at it is yeah. the revenue projection against actuals for pencil. I go look at yeah. some, all of the experiments and what's having lift, what we need to double down on, what standard stuff could be optimized, there is opportunity within it and Does it look like there's something that's dragging us down or lifting us that is an anomaly, right? So like, don't get too comfortable with anything. I think this is a big one, right? When stuff is going great, don't act like it's going great. Act like things are still normal or bad. And when things are going bad, don't act like things are going bad. Life is very long. Like these are just, everything is the ocean, right? It It goes up, it comes down. It goes up, it comes down. It goes up, it comes down. It is It's like death taxes in the ocean. Waves are going to go up and down, right? Kind of life. So I think that's another really important one. And everyone's going to have a different one. But I think the one thing that is comforting for me in numbers, and so you're a creative guy, I'm a creative guy by training numbers. You can't, you can tell a story with numbers, but maybe a creative person isn't going to try to do that because essentially you're looking at numbers and saying, I had to learn to be good at this, not the something that's my natural state. And so when yeah. I, I get complete clarity. All right, I know what to do. Now I can go be creative. I'm not trying to butt yep. them or anything. So whatever that thing is for you, lean into it. And I think what you just said is dead on. That p that completely provides clarity. What other things for you have provided clarity in driving forward? I think this is such a in, a, in such a distracted world. So we've talked about scheduling. We've talked about the structures that give you clarity, like a P&L. What are the things that yeah. you do on a regular basis that allow you to see clearly where the business needs to go or what you need to be thinking about today and the future and what you need to invest in? Totally. I think like
1: one thing that I've really been focused around lately, which is like why I've moved away from hosting content recently, I just felt like it was a little bit of distraction for where I am within my business and stuff right now. And to each their own, like I, I know guys that like crush it. It's just like leaning into your gut and feeling like what feels good and what doesn't feel good, what takes your energy, what gives you energy. Yeah. And so for me, like right now is one thing I've been doing for years is like going to bed, phone on airplane. Well, don't look, don't read anything else that yes. helps you like quiet your mind and helps you get later focused on like. Where you need to go with your company and your position, not what yeah. Jimmy's doing, not what Sally's doing. Yeah. What do you need to do? And then to start my day, it's like phone safe on airplane mode, and I use this. I'm gonna grab it right here. I have a little meditation map right here. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I use this tool. It's called Heart Mass. It like yeah. clips onto your ear. Yeah. And basically, I do a 20 minute breathing session every single morning. Just quiet my mind, prep for the day on what I want to do, yeah. what I want to accomplish. And I used to think like a lot of that stuff was like woo woo. Uh, it just helps with stress and helps you quiet your mind. And when you can just sit in quietness for a little bit of time, a lot of things. It's all like that thing I was thinking about that was like unclear. It's like I need to do with this to to move the needle on it, and yeah, like things become less foggy and less hazy. So yeah. I would say that's like pretty. That's my like consistent routine every yeah. single day.
0: And yeah. The phone thing is such an important one. Like I'm an uh, hour before bed, no phone. At least Love it. 45 minutes before, like when I wake up, no phone. Unless I hear like a kid crying and I'm like, I got to check. If, like they're actually going to wake up or not. That's a more of a once a week kind of thing. And then I'm p- not there yet. Either way. Yeah. You'll get, you're looking at it like, oh my God, please just stay asleep. I need a little bit more time. I think the thing you just mentioned though, that's really important to double down on. However you do it, by the way. Breathing exercises are incredible. Like I said, meditation, incredible. If you journal, incredible. Whatever you do,
1: but them are sad.
0: A multiple on clarity, there is probably, yeah. I don't know anything in my life at least, because every single thing that we just talked about for the last 20 minutes or so is essentially predicated on clarity. Yeah. Like, how do you get clear? How do you get oh, how do you get clear? If you don't start your day clear, you very rarely are you going to get clear. You can get unclear throughout the day, and that's why you check in, you do other things to continuously remind yourself this is the goal, this is the goal, this is the goal. Whatever it is, like a Saturday, yeah, you're with your family, and you're like, no, the goal is just to be with the family. I'm not going to think about work. But you need the clarity yep. at the beginning of the day to be able to know how you're going to take on the rest of the day and then keep checking in. And I don't, yeah, there's a lot of information about this, and there's a lot of I don't know, hype. About this, I'm trying to unhide totally, the yeah. clarity is base level, what you need to do. And so, what Wes is talking about, which is breathing exercises, and it brings clarity and focus to him and calms his mind so that he can go and just put his feet in the ground and go forward. There's almost, I don't, I mean, there's a way to quantify. It. We'll just go look at the PL and that gets quantified, but there's almost no way to quantify it in terms of how you feel about driving towards that. And so, yeah, you know, when you feel bad right? And that is not good for anybody. So I think it's a really important one. Do you ever try to, I don't know, you can't force people in your company to do breathing exercises, but you can push them to essentially say, Hey, let's be clear on everything. How do you, or how have you, as you have personally developed yourself, tried to get that to cascade down through your organization? Because things, things roll downhill, especially Frankly, any company, right? If a CEO's a douche, usually the company is kind of douchey, right? Like you can, I mean, we've, we've been, I think we've talked to enough companies and worked with enough orgs where you're like, oh, okay. I know, I know who they are. All are, they all are. And then someone will leave. And afterwards, like three months later, like, man, you're nice. What's going on? And is it because they left the Shut company up. that they're at where the culture was negative? And so yeah, you know, we're talking about some of this clarity, personal, like personal development what's your way of translating that through your team? Or is it just something that through osmosis they grab from you?
1: That's such a good question. I think a lot of it, the way I think about it is like, I just genuinely like really care about the people I work with. Yeah. And I think we're a small team right now and we're growing over time. But the biggest thing I think is like really being very particular on the first initial team that comes in, how they lead, how they treat waitresses, how they create random people and what are their like habits? Are they, what are they a classy person or do they have manners? Like these kinds of things. Because I think like a lot of the skills can be learned. And so I think like really at the end of the day, like if there's issues going on in the team as you grow from like. 10 to 20 to 50 to 100 people, everything stems from the top. And you can blame lower level teams all you want, or you can blame customer service all you want. For But at the end of the day, everything comes back to the top. And I just like really instilling this mentality of, I grew up a hockey guy and it's like really taking care of your people, really taking care of your teammates and the leaders on the team, making sure that, their pod that they're looking after or whatever those people feel taken care of and yeah just creating this like really secure environment where you want the best for people it's open it's transparent and uh, yeah i think that's everything comes from the top down so like you said like if the leader is a douche like, like often you see like a lot of douches in the team and uh, yeah a leader should always have the most humility yeah. Around never being too good to to take on anything. And I think that's like, super important.
0: So first of all, just the title of this pod is gonna be if the leader's a douche, the team is a douche. So <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, it's gonna it's gonna go viral, man. That that title, we're gonna go <laughs> off. Personal brands are gonna go crazy. What I think is I think there's there's a little nugget you put in there that people forget about a lot. So there's all the kind of business metrics. Is this person a killer? Do they do a great job? All of these kind of things that are very tangible that say, mm-hmm. okay, they are going to be able to drive the business forward. However, let's just say average tenure at a company is two and a half years. Am I going to enjoy this person for two and a half years? Are they going to instill good values in the teammates that either work with them or for them? And- yeah. A lot of that is predicated on those little things that you talked about, which are, do they hold, for instance, hold the door open? Do they say thank you? Are they polite to someone who is, quote, I'm doing air quotes under them, or just a service provider? Yeah, right? totally. How do they deal with stress? Are they going to scream and yell when they're under stress? If that if they do, is that an anomaly, right? Or is that the kind of standard operating procedure? Because man, we're going to be in some stressful situations. so. I think mm-hmm. it's a really interesting one. And it's one of the reasons why a lot of times when I say, look, when you're getting to executive level hiring, you shouldn't just hire cold. It's not about warm leads and getting someone from somebody else. Like that's very nice. But do projects with people, both for the person who's coming into the company, but Never the company, because you want to just understand a little bit deeper. How do these people function? Will they be, as I, I the best way I can say it, cost center or like a revenue generator or profit center. And so. That's not mm-hmm. just money. Cost centers aren't just money. There's a cultural tax that comes with hiring somebody that's good or bad. And the cultural tax yep. can be like multiples of, Hey, look, we get great things out of them. And that's when I call it, like I would call it a profit center, but the tax comes when they're bad, they drag everyone else down because they're a leader. And then you're like, dude, now the whole team is underperforming and they're underperforming on business metrics, but they're also unhappy and it's, Oh God, yeah. dude, everything is bad. So I would. Yeah. think you brought up is so important. And I always push people now spend time with people as much as possible. I, I was talking to someone yesterday. They said, look, I, the company I'm at now invited me to their offsite and I spent two days with them. That's an incredible way to learn. Do I want to not just date, but get married? Right. Yep. Uh, so hundred like, percent. I think it's such an important one that you brought up there. Has that been something you guys have been implementing where like new people, you chat with them a little bit longer than the kind of standard. Again, there's differences, right? IC level, maybe it's a little bit less because you're like, okay, I don't know about this and I need to just get work done. But that other level where you're yep. giving a level of trust to those people to drive this yep. forward and the goals that we talked about at the beginning. Is that something you guys have been doing recently at Disrupt?
1: Yeah, I think quite personally, man, it's like even with I'm like, Truthfully and transparently, I'm still learning like a lot on how to do it and how to improve it and how to make better like decisions around Mm -hmm. that. So I think even with like clients, we do take on, so we don't take on, we're not like a hundred client company or anything like that. Never will be don't aspire to be being very careful of who we do partner with and stuff like that. And so. I think what we are very conscious of right now is like anyone that does come in first and foremost, are they like a culture fit and yeah. our core group, can they grow with our core group and they can get on with our
0: head creative strategist or our head editor and really thinking through things like that. First of all, thank you for sharing and being so transparent. I think a lot of times have I said, yeah, have you done this? People are like, yeah, yeah I do this versus so, oh, man. I'm still learning. That's a good idea. And so... First, I just want to thank you for that. It's, it's, that kind of honesty also tells me like the people that what your employees get from you, which is, I don't know, man, what should we do? I don't and know. Like, said, I don't know. I don't know everything. And I, I always have a joke. I said, look, dude, if a janitor comes up with the idea as long as we win, like I don't care and I'll tell everybody. Said, oh, do ideas. Yeah. It doesn't. it literally doesn't 100%. matter downstream. The benefit comes to me anyway. So I don't care where it comes from. I don't like, I just want people to feel good that they want to win and that they feel supported. So I really love, I really love that. Something I don't think we talk about enough and all business community is what these, these bets that we make or this intensity that we put on our work lives does to our families. I know you have, you are very dedicated to your family. So I'm curious, how do you think about this now and then this in the future as you go forward? Like working through, hey, I want to kill it, but I also want to be a part of my friend, my, my friend's group and that community, my family group in that community. How have you been working through that? Has it been a struggle even? Maybe you come and like, dude, it's not a big deal. It's actually been very easy for me. What I have found for myself is when I do really well at work, I don't do as well on the personal stuff. When I do really well with my personal stuff, I don't feel as good about the work. And I'm still all these years later trying to find the balance is the wrong word, but like the right concoction of ingredients so that I feel good. I don't think you'll ever find balance. That's a fucking myth. Yeah. Good about how you're handling yourself. So how has that been for you? I
1: think I've been very fortunate with family and stuff like that in terms of I was always, as a kid, like from a young age, pretty like against the grain. And so I had pretty supportive parents around the fact of letting me just do what I wanted to do. And so I think that's led to a really with friends, with family, with my girlfriend, an ability to be like really open and honest. So it's I love what I do. I love my work. This is like what I'm really passionate about. This is like what I want to build for the next 15, 20 years, whatever that looks like, maybe even longer. I think like I'll always kind of be wanting to do something and just having like a clear conversation. of If you know, you're my family member or you're my partner or you're my friend, this is what you can expect from me in terms of being able to give you, this is where I want to go. Here's like my bandwidth. And then Having that open conversation, no one's kind of let down. And I think like definitely in my relationship, specifically with my girlfriend, I think there's a lot of just like having this tight communication where it's like, I can work these 12 to 14 hour days very consistently without her having, being mad at me and stuff, because it's like a clear expectation. She knows what she's signing up for. I know what I'm signing up for. And then that way there's no kind of disagreements and stuff like that. And sometimes I think there can be frustration with the amount of hours if you're dating someone who works a lot, but kind of explaining like what it's for and why you're doing it, I think helps a lot. And then when you do spend time with that person, being very present as much as you can, and that's something like I'd sucked at in the past. Like I would check out from work, but I'd still be like doing things on my phone or not that present. So what I'm trying to do and be more conscious of and. Again, like candidly, not perfect at it by any means. Being more when I am with family, when I am with friends, when I am with my girlfriend, whatever I'm doing, being more present in that actual thing, and the time walking definitely helps with that.
0: Clarity. It all comes back to clarity, man. That maybe that's the yes, title. Not right. the. It's not the douche. It's not the douche title. It is clarity to a better life. Yeah, let's. Yeah, we'll put that one down. We'll say clarity leads to a better life. So I think that's a really great note to move on to our anti-rapid fire. I don't ask short-ended questions. Not, Hey, what's your favorite food? I don't care about that. I care about that when we go, yeah, let's go deep. My, My first one is what skill do you feel is unique to you that has given you that has had the biggest impact on your life? Why I'll give you the why behind this question. I am consistently shocked with how few people can say with clarity what is their zone of genius and what makes them special because we all have zones of excellence where we know how to do things we taught ourselves stuff etc but there are, every person has something unique to them that no one else can do because no one else is them so like i'm not wes i what is the thing yeah. that makes wes special and why i always ask this is i want people to find more clarity as much as possible. And it's really powerful to hear someone who has clarity about that.
1: Okay. I love it. I would say, right off the top, these two things go hand in hand. One would be persistence. Yeah. I don't know if that's a skill, but I think it is a skill yes, that, it gets, is. that gets developed over time because in business, when you're building something, you literally are getting like kicked in the head nine times a day. And it gets easier, it doesn't get easier over time, but you get better at dealing with things. Yeah. And so with persistence, I think when you're very persistent, it helps you be able to make very confident decisions. Cause you know, like no matter what roadblock comes in your way, you're going to persevere basically. And with that leads to the other thing is instilling confidence in your leadership team and your other people to. Also, be very confident in what they're doing and perseverance, which leads to instilling confidence in team members and other
0: yeah, people within the company. Yeah. I can feel that, that positivity and confidence that you can instill in somebody through the screen. 100%. 100%. Feel that. Second one is what's the best piece of advice or something that you come back to regularly? It doesn't have to be someone gave you, maybe it's something you read, right? But what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received?
1: I think getting very clear. Can I swear on you? Yeah, go ahead. It would literally just be like, fuck the noise and at the end of the day. And it's mm-hmm. just like, that is like the biggest thing is like getting really clear on what you actually want and like how you actually want to build your thing, like how one person built their agency to say an agency in 20 years. May not be the best fit for you, like you, or building your brand a certain way may not be the best. So, getting really clear on exactly how you want to do it and what feels intuitively the best for you. Yeah. I think that's like literally the most underrated thing. And then setting the vision and knowing what your actual vision is and like where you want to take things. And that leads to no one's going to, no one's going to onboard super talented people aren't going on board a company with a leader who doesn't have a clear vision on like where they want to take things. Yeah. And so vision is obviously super, super important.
0: Yeah. Well, I love that, man. I, the noise, we've talked about it a few times, but the noise can really make sure that you don't see the forest from the trees. And the more you let the noise mm-hmm. come, it's like, you might not even see trees. You might see a tree or bark going go more, yeah. more granular there. So the last one I have for you is kind of like a give back, right? Which is say 18 year old Wes just walked up to you and was like, yo, I want to be an entrepreneur. What do I do? What would be the thing that you would tell him that no one ever told you that you think would have the biggest impact on, I don't know, maybe not helping him not make mistakes because you got to make them to learn but essentially sidestep some of the things and the heartache that you maybe have had over time. Like what would be that one thing that you would give them?
1: Totally. I
0: think like I had, I've had many failures.
1: I've been scammed by like Mekong gurus. That was like how I got in the e long story, but I pretty much lost all my money. And so what led back to that and like why that even happened is like chasing quick money chasing quick happiness kind of games where it's like basically a lot of these drop shipping gurus and some of these other people, it's like the way they build their business is like, they sell the course, they buy the car, rent the Airbnb, and then it's like this cycle. And it's the biggest thing I can say is don't get tricked and learn how to look at things for what they are and cut through the noise. And then the other thing would be build an actual, very tangible skill where you either become an asset to yourself or you're going to become an asset to, let's say like a company and get like very granular and getting really good at one thing and keep pushing
0: forward basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's great. I think it's an interesting one just because of like the hype that has come around, like starting e-commerce businesses and a lot of the gurus out there that we all know. And also just, by the way, all of us, like this is 70 year olds who are using iPhones on down. Let me not paint and say, oh, Gen Z is like this. Yeah, Get off my lawn. We're all, immediacy has become such an important part of our lives that we don't understand like all good things need to bake. It just takes time. Yeah. There's nothing else there. Totally. It's just being able to be persistent, knowing what's real and what's not, and just understanding that like time, you have to expand your time horizons on everything. Everything, a good relationship, business growing, yourself becoming the person you want to be. You're not going to the person. I'm 35. If I look back at t- 25, like I thought I had it all figured out. Now I look back and I'm like, what a fucking schmuck that guy was. I wasn't a bad person. I wasn't stupid, but like you're 25. You don't understand. I same here. Yeah. Same you know? here, dude. And I remember I met my wife when I was 23. And I was like, what was I like when I was 23? She's like, you were like, You, but just fucking twenty-three. It was wild. wild. It was freaking crazy, wild. No focus, like, but you could. I see, still see the same person. It's just you've built frameworks in your head through time, and there's Mm -hmm. nothing that could have sped that up except time, and maybe your experience. You speed up the amount of experience you have by like the situations you get put in, but nothing but time can get you there. And I'll give one. Final example, and then want to close off. My brother recently said, I have a lot of empathy for you that I didn't have before. He just had his first child eight weeks ago, and I've, he's been watching me for like three years to have kids. And yeah, he would never get it until he gets it. An entrepreneur, same thing with you. They won't get it until they get it. And yeah. I think that's a really big thing is just expand your time horizons. Exactly what I said. Push yourself understand that it's not going to be easy and know what's real and what isn't, Yeah, because what Andrew Tate is selling isn't real and it's not a bad thing, whatever, but like you have to earn the cars and the things and that, and those things take time. They don't just show up overnight unless you, you get an inheritance. Wes, I know you've just, you mentioned just a bit ago that you're not doing so much content online, but if people want to chat with you, or reach out because they love this, which I think they will. Where would the best place be?
1: Yeah, Twitter is perfect. Westa twenty one, I believe my handle is. Yeah, or IG. My handle there is
0: at Westa W E S S T A A. And yeah, those are, those would be the best spots. Awesome, man! Awesome. Everyone should go check out Disrupt Media as well and work with them they crush. They're incredible. And Wes, I want to just thank you so much for sharing so openly, honestly, all of the amazing things that you've learned and are putting together. I can't wait to watch that long time horizon come to life. It's really exciting.
1: Thank you, brother. And thank you for putting this pod together and
0: everything you're doing inside the community right now. It's awesome. I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much.